Hello and welcome to From the Be All End and another Burnley defeat to dissect, but um, really one that was a, a proper gut punch. And I think uh, we've got a full team here today with uh, Andrew Greaves, Paul Woodhouse, Justin Conley, and Chris Borden here with me, Simon Evans. And it's it's. I watched the interview with Vincent Company after the match, and I have to say, I have never seen him look as dejected and as downbeat as in the official club interview after that game. Um, context, obviously, it's you know, 20 minutes, half an hour after the final whistle of a game where we were winning in the 86th minute and lost 2-1. But then you go on social media and you go on chat forums and all that sort of thing, and there's a lot of talk now about whether it is time for a change of manager. Now, I know a lot of people think that's a discussion that we shouldn't even be counting in, but let's have it. Let's have that discussion. So, I mean, for me, the, the big question to start it all off is, is this season savable? And if it is, does changing manager from Vincent Company give us more chance of survival or not? Greavesy? Um, yes, it is savable. And I say that in terms of we are still only 13 games into a 38-game season. So, you know, if we go into every game thinking that there's a chance that it will turn around at some point, absolutely, it's not It's not beyond saving. We are still just about in touch. Luton's win didn't really help us. And for me, it's only saveable with Vincent Company because the problem you've got is you bring somebody else in who's not bought these players who will take a little bit of time to get going. I think it's now a myth, the whole new manager bounce, you know. I think that went out the window when Big Fat Sam and um, the the likes, you know, little Sammy Lee and whoever else he brought into Leeds just didn't work out. I think that's. A, I think we could put that to bed now. But who do you bring in? That would be my big question. Who do you bring in? And what more could they get out of these players? Because ultimately, Saturday's defeat to West Ham... I think he's squarely at the feet of the manager because I think that that starting eleven probably sees that game out. I think the ch- the changes he made were the wrong changes at the wrong time. And we've said this a few times this season, too late with changes, not getting impetus enough, blah, blah, blah. I think that starting eleven, perhaps if Goodmanson's knackered, you bring a like-for-like replacement on rather than Cullen and then Brownhill out, out wide. It's purely on the manager. So I don't think the players, you know, we'll talk about the defending. Obviously, that is on the players. But I think that, again, stems from the manager. You know, it's the third performance in a row where we've had a good fist of it. And I think we were probably near perfect. People might criticise that use of near perfect for 83, 84 minutes. Restricted West Ham, made him look very ordinary, created some good chances, just weren't clinical enough. So... I don't know who rescues this situation with that group of players. And that's that's my big issue. So it's you're blaming Vincent Company for that defeat, but he's the only one who can save us. Yeah. I know I know that's I know that sounds absolutely bonkers, but because you've got because we're we talked, didn't we? Sean Dash versus Vincent Company is purpose versus project. It's then turning the project into a purpose. And again, I think there's signs that the project is working. It's just that it's not, the 11 moving parts aren't all working together. But if we've invested, I don't see how we can possibly expect, ask, get somebody else to rescue it. But I think sticking with company, 
I know it sounds mad. I know it's that whole insanity is this, doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. I, 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 I still believe in the project. I'm going to, I sound like some cult member, but I mean, I've ripped my world chart up because that's gone to shit in a handcart. But um, <laughs> largely speaking, I still believe in the project. Justin? Yeah, I think I believe in the project as well. I think, you know, this 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 plan we've got to, you know, bring all these young players in and try and un, unearth some, some diamonds is exactly the right way for Burnley to go. That's the way that clubs like ours can, you know, stay competitive and 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 you know do well do not just not just be competitive but do well and uh you know we've basically trying to rebuild the side on on the fly in the premier league which is a, a tough ask isn't it it really is i think we we would have expected at this point to have a few more points than we actually do but we were also expected to struggle for a little bit now i i, I think the big question you've got to ask yourself is after that game um, on Saturday, are we seeing progress? Are things getting better? Now, on uh, on the face of it, it's another defeat, isn't it? That's that's what will go down when you look in your Rothmans in uh, next year. It'll say Burnley lost to to West Ham, but it's a team that are currently on twenty points. They're ahead of Chelsea. They're just three and four points behind Newcastle and United. They're you know we gave them a proper game, and, and I know that. I know that in the end we didn't get anything to show for it, but to me that's a step ahead of where we were in the last game. So you can talk about the substitutions. You know, sometimes he doesn't he doesn't seem to act early enough. Sometimes he 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 leaves it a bit too late. I think uh, to make changes. I agree that the changes he made on Saturday were a bit baffling. Um, I'm not sure. I think everything fell apart when. When uh, Goodmanson went off and Cullen came on and tried to play, I, I, I couldn't understand what was happening there. But really, you know, we were inviting a bit of pressure by that point, and and I think you could argue we were a bit unlucky when when they got the equaliser, and then after that it seemed inevitable that West Ham were going to get another one, didn't it? Just just by the way the game was going. But I think to me that that showed again a little bit of progress. And like I said before, if we're only if we're only a couple of games away from safety, come Christmas, I think we can start to kick on a little bit. The idea that things aren't going to get better, I think, is mistaken. I think things are going to continue to improve, and it's not that we're not that far away from picking up some points. I don't think. Boards. <laughs> yeah, well, it's just uh, that's it. Again, they so often go back to you know the 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 wisdom of of Sean Dyche. Sean Dyche could always say it's often braver not to make any substitutions. That everyone expects a manager to oh, 60, 65 minutes gone, get subs on, and you know Sean would infuriate some supporters. And this was a game for we've spoken about the team's naivety and you know game management. This is the manager's game management. And he should have seen the game out from that point, whether it's you know, bringing an Ekdal on or, or, or like Greasy suggested, uh, you know, a like for like for Goodmanson, you know, energy and Premier League experience in uh, in a Redmond or something like that. You know, taking Kolyosho off and allows Kufal to advance you know, a bit more safely up, up, up the pitch as, as West Ham are pressing. But 
bottom line is we you know, they, they cannot defend. You know, West Ham have offered now for eighty odd minutes, and the defending for both goals is absolutely abysmal. Four four claret and blue shirts around Kudus. He gets a crossing, and in the middle there's the goalkeeper and O'Shea, and you know, and the ball ends up in the back of the net, and the, and the, and the winner. I think there's three white shirts in space at the far post, and uh, you know Suchek, who you know we all know how difficult he is to handle. He's not had to do anything to to turn the ball in, and it's like I say we're talking about one of the elite defenders, one of the greatest Premier League defenders has ever been, and and we cannot defend. It's uh, it's like like Sheffield United away last season every week that you put this Burnley team under any pressure and they creak until they collapse, and it's I just don't see you know the the goal. You know, they've scored a goal from a penalty. They're not scored from open play. You know, we're talking about you know, can, you know, can, can they keep clean sheets? No, they can't keep clean sheets. Can they score goals? Well, that's a major issue as well. I mean, should have had a the well, the penalty in the first half is more of a penalty than the one that gets given. I don't. I look at the uh, the Martial one today that Man United get at, at Everton, and it's exactly the same. They they say like still pictures don't tell the full picture, but. It, it, Kufal is turned away from Osho and has hung a leg out in the still. You know what's his leg doing there? You know, but then you run it, run it through, and he's definitely left a leg. He's brought him down. It's a penalty. And if VAR can't give that, then it's uh, it just absolutely beggars belief. But uh, I just there's got to be for me some sense. I, 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 I agree with all that's been said about the project and. Probably well, you know, well ahead of time in that in that respect. Having got promotion last year, but there's got to be a sense of jeopardy for Vincent Company. This cannot continue. It's absolutely embarrassing. It's you're shame faced whenever you talk to your your mates who are opposition fans. You're just like you're a laughing stock, and it's oh, I don't I certainly don't enjoy it. But uh, yeah, that was when Sean took Burnley up in in 2014. And they came down, and they weren't good enough. They took it to the you know the last three games, but I think everyone accepted that you know Sean had spent like about ten million quid because you know he had to spend money on uh, on doing up Gawthorpe, and you know he, he had to do it on that budget, you know, and that was the way you know I think everyone expected Burnley to go down, and they did go down. But when you've had what a top world you know world top ten summer's transfer spend. And this is the end product that we're seeing at the minute. It's the transfer policy was scattergun. It was bizarre, and to my mind, I mean, I've never thought in in a million years I'd, I'd, I'd find myself saying this. If Burnley lose to Sheffield United on Saturday, the serious question is going to be asked to the manager. It just cannot continue. But so are again, you saying I, if we are you saying if we lose against Sheffield United, you you would bin him? I'm not saying I'll bid it, but I'm saying there has to be some real, you know, deep thinking. The chairman's going to have a, you know, think, you know, long and hard. And are we are we heading in the right direction here? Because it's it's just absolutely it's it's, it's abysmal. Woody, we're kind of ten minutes away from arguably the best performance and the best result of the season yesterday by quite a distance and now everybody's flapping again not knowing what the devil to do 
and yeah, we can talk about projects, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And it's like, well, what would changing company round about Christmas? Because we'd assume that's when it'd be, and you know, what kind of money would we then want to? It's kind of asking that question: Who do we want to spend this sixty to eighty million that may be floating around the January transfer uh, fund? And it's do we do we trust? Uh, Vincent to understand where his gaps are, etc., and to fill those effectively, and to move on and to continue with that project, or is somebody else a better bet to come in and you know plug those gaps, etc.? And I, I, I haven't got a clue. And I don't think anybody else necessarily has a clue. And I'm not, and I'm not seeing as yet um, anything from the players which would indicate that they've lost faith in Vincent or necessarily the project. We might start hearing uh, things as the, the the weeks transpire, but it's it's a, it, it's, it's, it's a difficult one. It's a difficult one. Um, and I don't know necessarily where I exactly stand on it, to be honest with you. The players don't look... It doesn't look like he's lost the dressing room at all. I completely agree with that. They were working their socks off. They were working their socks off. The, the pressing early in the second half was really, really good. Um, and 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 I totally agree with you that we, I think we were, we were five minutes away from, you know, sitting here and saying, you know what? We were, we were better against Palace. We were, did really well against Arsenal. And this has been another step forward. And we look better... Um, but you know, if the other the, the other big thing when you're talking about companies' future is he signed a five year contract extension in the summer, twenty twenty eight. It runs out in. I mean, I don't want to be in Alan Pace's shoes if if it carries on like this because they will have to have that conversation. I think Chris is right in that sense, and and Woody's probably right that it probably would come around Christmas sort of time. You know that the. the if we if we just carried on like this and we've got seven points at Christmas or something, um, are we looking? Uh, you know, but how much compensation are they having to pay out then? You know, it's it's kind of trapped themselves a little bit with this one, haven't they? I mean, the the, the problem for me goes right back to the transfer window, and that's what I worry about for the long term. Is in most of the people I'm reading online who are defending the uh, company and saying it's ridiculous to even talk about getting rid of him. Are saying, well, he'll bring us up next season, but we'll have to, you know, presuming we sell one or two players, we'll have to do a mini rebuild for next season. Do we trust company after the the Horlicks he's made of a transfer window this summer? Do we trust him to to get it right then, Greavesy? Well, I think one a couple of things really. I mean, first of all, I don't think you'd fit in Alan Pace's shoes, um, to be honest. <laughs> I imagine he had relatively tiny feet compared to uh, to someone of your stature, um, so they would it would be very uncomfortable for you being in Pace's shoes. Um, I've just been sent a stat by my mate Martin Pruden. Um, VK needs seven points in his next five games to avoid equaling or bettering, if that's the right way of putting it. Brian Laws' 10-point total for the team <laughs> Premier League game. So let's just use that to focus minds a little bit. Um, yeah, I mean, the whole kind of, oh, well, sod it, we'll walk the championship. I really, I, I'm in your camp, uh, Simon. I, well, I think we all agree. We ain't walking the championship with this team. I mean, not in a million years. It would need a rebuild. Um, 
again, you know what I mean? Because you'd probably lose your Amdunis, who again, thought looked pretty good. Coming in, you know, when we talk about is things getting better? Absolutely. Would I trust VK with the transfer budget in January? I guess is, you know, if we don't get rid, you know, that's what we're going to look at. And I don't think we will get rid. I think he needs somebody to kind of really question. And I just wonder whether the board is strong enough. You know what I mean? I think after Pace's comments about, um, you know, and I'm not I'm not criticising Alan Pace on this, but, you know, it's like dating the most beautiful girl in town and you know she's going to leave yeah. you. There feels to be almost a... He's in awe of Vincent Company. We've said this before, haven't we? I don't think there's enough people within the board structure to really kind of go, hang on a minute, yes, we will give you money, but a blind man on a galloping horse can see that we didn't plug that gap, that gap, that gap, when undoubtedly Vincent wants to go out and sign a few more wingers because that will definitely make us better. That will definitely create more chances. You know, if if Lyle Foster, sadly, is going to be out for much longer and, it's it, you know, it doesn't sound like we're going to see him in the foreseeable... A striker has to be a top priority. A striker in January, one that's proven, one that will score your goals, is going to cost a lot of money. You know, does he have... Unless you bring him back of, on, back from a loan spell with Besiktas. Don't even go there. Even go there. <laughs> I mean, I think he's got one goal for Hoffenheim. I mean, just rule that crap out straight away. I'm, Hoffenheim, I'm like, not Besiktas, yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm not even getting involved in the, the Vegos, Wegos, you know, debate. But what do we need? Well, unless Ekdal proves to be that kind of strong central defender, because unfortunately, and I love Jordan Bayer, I've noticed when he comes to challenge for a high ball, 40 yards from goal, inevitably he loses that aerial battle because he's just not strong enough. I mean, the only challenge we've really seen, Jay went straight through, took man and ball for the... Mm. um, um, Mubamba, I think it was, who'd come on. You know what I mean? As, as defence, and we've said it before, it just isn't hard enough. You know what I mean? There's not somebody who's who's willing to really stick their head in where it hurts. Now, I think Ekdal is probably more because of his lack of pace, because of his, you know, he, he's probably more of a traditional central defender. But we can't be losing a ball. We can't be losing an aerial battle or our centre-half can't be losing an aerial battle 40, 45 yards from goal. When we do it all the time, he either misjudges the bounce or he just gets out muscled by somebody. And, you know, we basically, we've they've recycled play and he's 45 yards from his own goal. Now, it didn't lead to goals yes, uh, on Saturday, but that's the, that's the danger, you know. We saw, so clinical. So there's a lot of questions on that January transfer window. I mean, you said metaholics of it. I don't think there's any other way to describe it. Really? Yes, we brought in some potentially very, very good players, but we've not brought in a team, have we? And that's we spent twenty million on a goalkeeper who, without going into that whole debate again, I think we can all agree has not been better than Muric. Right? No, but I think he had. I think he had his best game on Saturday. I will say yeah. that. I thought yeah. he was. Didn't I thought he looked well. confident first half with his distribution. I thought he flapped at one corner late on, but I think he was getting fouled anyway. But he but was I, our I biggest. Think, he was our biggest signing of the summer. He was. He was. And I. And again, you know, signs of progress. It's a low bar, but I thought that was his best game. I think second half he reverted to laboured distribution. Like first half, we were we were 
a bit quicker with distribution. And it, it seemed to kind of work quite well. I don't think Ingsy had his first touch until about the 32nd minute. But that's the, that's the issue. You know, the, we, you've asked this question before, Simon, on and off air. You know, are, were we trying to be too cute, bringing all these young lads and we expected everything to happen straight away? It's becoming more and more like I think that was it. Like almost like we'll wave a magic wand and all these lads who've no Premier League experience will suddenly be worth 100 million. And we'll we'll be fine. And it might be a bit of a struggle, but we'll be fine and they'll look great and everything. Mike Trezor, not in the match day squad. Odebart, not in the match day squad. Alder Keel from last season, not in the match day squad. You know, lots of players who have been brought in, not in the match day squad. You know, is that an admission of things haven't quite panned out? I don't know. I mean, the other way of looking at the other way of looking at this issue is, which I think is probably more realistic than Alan Pace turning around after the Sheffield United match and saying, "Right, pay him out of that five-year contract." And he's probably the best. Well, he almost certainly will be the best-paid Burnley manager ever, won't he? I think think we can assume that. So that's a massive amount of compensation. But I look at it from the other side as well, and and I think this question actually tells you whether we should get rid of him or not. But if he was to turn around tomorrow and say, I'm holding my hands up, it's just not it's just not working out. I've got to go. Hopefully somebody can do a better job than me with this team. If he were to walk, we'd be gutted, wouldn't we? We'd be gutted if Vincent Company walked out to tomorrow and somebody else had to pick up this team and try and get them through the season. Is there though a danger that that might happen? Because we've all presumed this is an open mm. question. We've all presumed that Vincent Company is doing this job as a stepping stone to, you know, becoming Manchester City manager or taking another job en route to one day becoming Manchester City manager. This ain't doing him any favours, is it? This ain't doing him any favours being a laughing stock, as Chris puts it. I mean, does he, does he throw the towel in? Is there a risk of that? Oh, I don't think so. I mean, how could you? His it, stock would be very low, wouldn't it, if he walked out on this? Um, you know, first season fantastic. Um, this team, this club now has got his is sort of imprint all over it. If he walks away from this now, where does he go next? That's the question, isn't it, for him? I, I don't, I don't see him getting a job at this level. Um, you know, if if he was to walk out on us now, um, so I can't. I, I find that very difficult. I, and he's not that kind of guy, is he? You know. I know you said he looked sort of dejected after the game, but he's not the kind of guy, you know, he's, he's, his whole career would suggest that giving up on something is just something that's not in his personality, not in his character. Um, and I think it would be a mistake for him professionally as well, because he needs to show, doesn't he, that um, when things get tough, he, we can, he, can, he can get beyond that, get beyond that and move in, into a, a situation where things are improving, and I, I think he will, like me, see see signs that things are improving. I know that you know um, it was desperately disappointing when that when those two goals went in. You know the the atmosphere, despite the lack of um, despite the lack of flags in the stadium, the atmosphere was pretty. <laughs> <laughs> the atmosphere was pretty good. I thought. I don't know. Where, uh, if 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 that came across on TV or whether those that were there can can uh, you know would agree with that, I thought they, I thought the fans were really up for it and you know it, it wasn't it wasn't um, 
it wasn't the performance from the crowd that you would expect from a from a from a team that's bottom of the division and lo- lost every game. Obviously, things things went you know went south late on, and you know there was a lot of people walked out when that second goal went in. But I don't know. I think he I think he would see that things are you know like like Greasy said before. There's a lot of games still to play. A lot of games against teams who you know. I don't think I think. I think if we'd been playing like we did on Saturday, every game this season, we wouldn't be bottom of the table now. Um, so I think yeah, there's, I something, there's something there's something happening. If I think what's happening is happening, we should really beat Sheffield United on Saturday, shouldn't we? We should. And if we don't, and then that's when we've got to start thinking, hang on a minute, there's something not quite right here. This is not going the way we thought. Just a quick update on the Brian Laws stat. If we don't beat Sheffield United, <laughs> apparently he'll have less points than Laws did after 14 Premier League games. So, um, yeah, just an update from Martin on the yeah, old yeah. Uh, the Brian Laws stats. I say they've, they've dropped 15, yeah, dropped 15 points from winning positions. So that sort of says all you need to know. You know, like I say we spoke about you know the, a young team and their naivety in seeing games out. The managers. Decisions in in making sure we see games out, and yeah, you can accept. I mean, both manager and his his players are learning at this level, you know. But uh, mm, it's true. it's got to, uh, you know, the, the lessons have to be learned, and they aren't being. You, everyone in the ground knew what was going to happen at one apiece yesterday. It's stopping it, isn't it? You know, they couldn't stop it, and I did say two one, didn't I? <laughs> not too, not too chuffed to be right on that occasion, but it's. I don't. You see, you look at the. I mean, the chairman gave Sean Dyche a contract to the end of twenty twenty five, not long after the window shut in uh, in twenty summer of twenty one, and had the nerve. You know, you see, press the button with about what was it, eight games to go. That season. So I mean, you could tell. You know, we go back to the documentary and sort of this time last year. You know, when the well, it's not quite. You know, just before, you know, the, the you know the 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 World Cup break, where things were, you know, too many draws in there, etc. And uh, there was a you know the questions being asked, weren't they, around you know around the the boardroom about you know where's this going? Are we behind schedule, etc. You know, so that, I mean, you know those conversations must be taking place. And I've no doubt if Pace feels, you know, Burnley will be better served with a different manager. He'll, he'll make that decision. But again, it goes back to that. You know, nobody wants one of these tired old firefighter types, do they, to come in? And I don't think this group of players would respond to that type of uh, that type of manager. Most, if not all, of these players have signed for Vincent Company. They're not signed yeah. for Burnley Football Club. They signed for Vincent mm. Company. Yeah. So. Unless you're a Brighton whose forward planning is ridiculously good, you know, and you, you lose Potter and bring Deserby in, and you you're better for it. I've no Where, idea. Potter, who, by the way, is he working? He's sort of mulling mulling offers and this that and the other, isn't he? But he uh, is he? does 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 he get <laughs> easy, Simon? <laughs> Here's another stat for you, Greavesy. Here's a stat for you. We have we have never won a Premier League game with JJ Watt in attendance. Is that right? <laughs> He's a jinx. He's a jinx. Wow. <laughs> Woody, Woody, I mean Oh God. What? Well, <laughs> <go on. laughs> Chalmers. 
<laughs> after, after this bollocks, it's I, I mean, it's like it's it's one thing as saying you know is is there and he could wind up having a, a worse record than Brian Laws, but there's also that glaring ominous cloud over him that he could wind up being the worst ever Premier League manager. You know, there's that staring as like squarely <laughs> in the face. And at some point, does he start to think, hang on a minute, I really can't have this shit floating around. There's one thing being shit. There's another thing being the absolute abject worst. And does he start to manufacture if things don't go to plan over this next month? Does he start to manufacture, you know, uh, a firing or a sacking? Does he make it extremely difficult for little Al to keep him in the building by saying, I want 40 million for this geezer, otherwise we aren't going to stop up. (laughs) and things along those lines. But as if fucking Al knows what he's doing, how does he know how to fire him and get somebody else in? They haven't got a fucking clue. At the end of the day, they don't, you know, so we're going to have to stick. With, well, he didn't uh, know who Vincent Company was, did he, when, uh, no, exactly. when his name was first suggested? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is all my fault, isn't it, for, for suggesting a tweet that we got for Vincent Company rather than Chris Wilder. But, what I mean, you asked what Potter's up to. What's Chris Wilder up to? No, you see, this is see, this is the thing. This is this is one thing that, and I, I'll I'll repeat. I would not get rid of Vincent Company now. I think it would be madness. But yeah, if if you're having a discussion about who could replace him, I'm not having this. There's no one who could replace him, or we won't get any. Or the only alternative is for us to go for Big Sam or Neil Warnock or Chris Whoa. Wilder or something. There's, we've got a team full of players from all over the world: South Africans, Belgians. We could have a manager from anywhere in the world. We could bring in some guy from Serie A. We offer better wages than most leagues, most clubs in the world now. We could take our pick from a lot of very, very good managers. So let's not kid ourselves, you know, oh, we'll bring back Big Stan with Brian Laws to hold it firm until end of the <laughs> yeah, season or yeah. something. How many, how many of those guys are going to want to come to a club that's got four points and are at the bottom of the Premier League? Premier League, though, isn't it? I do think, I do think, I, I agree. I do think there's a, a pull in there. Um, Simon, you kind of hinted on the WhatsApp group, oh, I think we could find someone better. I don't know if that meant you had a name in mind or whether it was just a general. No, I don't have a name in mind. just mentioned kind of general. It goes back to like, it's it's a mentality. We're stuck a little bit like we used to be with transfer signings where, you know, because we only focused on one tiny segment of the market where we went went for the Jeff Hendricks and the Dale Stevenses and the championship performers and Andre Grays and people like that, we never considered having a look for young players that company has gone and signed or or players in Italy or in Eastern Europe or whatever, and like they didn't exist for Burnley. And it's exactly the same with a manager. There's no reason now why we, we should be, if we were to make a change, why we'd have to be looking for those sort of, you know, retreads. You know, no reason at all. We could go out and sign, you know, somebody like, you know, obviously not Deserby, but someone like that, you know, somebody from, from Serie A we could bring in or somebody from... Uh, you know, France or whatever. You know, there's no, there's nothing, there's no reason why we couldn't do that. And they would come. They would come. Will still. Hmm? <laughs> Will still from he's, staggering. He's doing a, or doing a stag- staggering job, isn't he? Yeah. But it you is, know, isn't but... it? I mean, it's that bravery, isn't it? I mean, I think company was a brave choice because I think everybody expected a Wilder or a British manager and things like that, because that's what we'd been used to. My other, my other question is to, to people who are, and it is a growing chorus of people saying, let's sack company. 
we'd all got fed up of watching Sean Dyche football. Apparently, that's what we, you know, we were fed up of it being crap and long ball or unadventurous. Yeah. And we got relegated. We now kind of don't want to have the patience to see where a project's going to take us. What do we want? You know what I mean? It is that kind of almost going back to, you know, childlike. Well, I don't want that. And I don't want that. And I don't want that. And I don't want that. You know, ultimately, if we do go down, I'd like us not to go down with a whimper. You know, if we have to go down, I'd like some fight and us to win some football matches. But for me, the, the other overriding thing is we've broken away from 10 years of purpose of Eric Peters, of... Phil Bardsley, Stephen Reid, of all them players who have nothing mm-hmm. against them players, great right. servants, did well for us. But I'd much, still much rather see a Collie Osho come good and Amdouni come good than us having them transfer windows where we're going back for players we were first linked with three or four years previously and finally getting them when they're three or four years past the best. And I just think that would be my question for people as well. Sorry, Chris. But they, but they did, I mean, they did develop play. I mean, people forget that like, everyone looks at it at the end and thinks like, oh, we did was sign Stokes relics. But, you know, uh, you know, Sean didn't sign Trippier and me and Ings, mm. but he turned them into first oh, you know, yeah, Premier, not... League, Premier League players. Yeah. He developed... Absolutely not arguing, he, yeah. He saw James Tarkovsky. He wanted him when he was at Oldham. Couldn't afford 350 grand. Had to buy his time. Got him from Brentford in the Championship was patiently developed him while he was developing Michael Keane. You know, developed Andre Glenn, mm. somehow got 18 million quid for him. And it was only at the end where he was, well, again, strapped for cash, but in a position where I, I, I don't want, I feel I've earned the right not to have to develop players here, where I can sign ready-made yeah, yeah. who do the job for me that I can hang my hat on every week. So it's... Yeah, you know, it's it's about yeah. it's like it's having both, isn't it? You know, you've got to. Yeah. We haven't got. We've gone. We've gone too far the other way. That we haven't yeah, got. No, let's say signing a Redmond, great. So, say the you know the one that you know we, we should have signed Townsend as well. But it's uh, to be underperforming. Uh, you know, when compared to Luton Town, who spent three pound fifty, is scandalous. I, I, you know, you look. We 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 last season we absolutely how many points clear of Luton, you know yeah. they've come up through the playoffs, they couldn't they've, they've not been mm-hmm. able to bring anyone in in the summer and they are outperforming us, and we've spent hundred and thirty million quid, and to me that is just shameful, absolutely shameful. It not, but it's, it's no the profile. It. It's the profile of the players, though, isn't it? I, I watched I watched that Luton game, and you just look and you just go. They've got everything we needed. Strong runners, defenders who are willing just to get, you know, blood on the shirt if need be, people who are direct. And and part of our problem is is we've not gone down that direct route. And I didn't, I, you know, meant no kind of ill towards, you know, Dice and what have you. Won't hear a bad word. But, but the general consensus where we were sick of seeing that kind of football. So we want to see this fancy football. But you've made the point about Luton. Actually, what Luton is is a blend of company and, and Dash. And that's almost what is getting, you know, big players, big runners, players who are willing to drive, be direct when we need to. There's so many times when we, we get the ball on there, the JDR, and we knock it down to the other side, then it comes back the other way. And then all of a sudden, the, the impetus has gone, it's back with James Trafford. 
because the, the opposition have managed to drive us out. You know, you look at them looting goals from yesterday, you know, they are all about drive and determination. And I think you're right. We've gone so far the other way. We've abandoned the bit that Meadows, like the turd that wouldn't flush for so long in the Premier League. <laughs> you know, it's all legs, 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 <laughs> legs, hearts and minds, isn't it? You know, legs, hearts and minds. Have we, you know, that was, we kept this culture. Vincent built on the, you know, the culture that Sean had left. But we seem yeah. to have moved away from this. But, but, but Burnley fans are patient. You know, they gave. Eddie time to implement what he was trying to do, and it it wasn't mm. working. They gave Steve Cottrell nineteen winless games without really getting nasty. You know, they didn't really. Was it that toxic when you know? I mean, I suppose when you know towards the uh, you know the Christmas time period when Laws lost at home to Scunthorpe, but you know they were in touching distance of a play a playoff place, and you know it was maybe. Maybe a knee-jerk reaction, but they never wanted the guy in the first place. But uh, it's, I think Burnley fans, you know, good grief, they've lost 11 out of 13 games, every home game. And there's no mutiny. It's not like, you know, it's just, no. it, it, it cannot continue. You know, no, it, can't, it can't continue like that, but the result, results-wise, it can't continue. But it has changed, doesn't it? Things it has, have yeah. changed. Things have you know, we from the abject uh, performances uh, in the first couple of months of the season, things have got better. Results haven't got better. Well, I mean, you know, losing. Lo- if we'd played West Ham day one, we probably would have lost three or four nil to them. You know, now we're giving them a game, so things are improving. And and you know, if we, if if there's anything that we take from the Dice area is that it's that. You know, he was given time to build his team, wasn't he, and build his squad. He got us relegated and took us back back up again. He 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 was he we we should recognise the value in sticking by a manager when the times are tough. I can't think of any manager who's been really successful on on day one, apart from Vincent Company last season. You know, we. All, all the greats certainly endured really difficult times and were on the brink of being sacked before they just turned it round at the last minute. And they, they were successful. I've been given been given the time to get it right. And if we're going to just turn around and say, right, uh, it's, you know, the first rough patch that we hit, we're going to get rid of him. Even though, like, I've got an inkling that the project is working and that things are going to improve and things are going whether they'll improve quickly enough or in time to get us enough points to stay up. I don't know. But I think there's a possibility that there's still a possibility that that could happen. And I'm still hopeful that that could happen. So, you know, I don't think we, we, we there's no way we should have our finger on the trigger just yet. Let's, let's put it that way. No, I agree with that. I agree with that totally. And I think, I think the, the shape of the team has been the most encouraging thing. You know, in those early games in the season, we were coming on here and saying, I've no idea what formation we were really trying to play yeah. there. Um, we're all over the place. There's there's, there's, there's uh, players playing out of position here, there and everywhere. It's not felt like that. The last two or three games, the last three really, isn't it? Palace, Arsenal mm. and, and, and yesterday uh, against West Ham. 
the, the structure's been there. They've worked hard. They seem to know what they're doing. Like I said, the pressing and stuff, when you see Amdouni chasing down the keeper and all that kind of stuff, it, it, it looked right. The big problem is, I think, uh, that, that if, if, if things do continue to improve like that, the priority has to be, as much as we'd like to have a great centre-forward and a ball-winning midfielder and loads of other things, but if we're really focusing on, like, January window being a tough one and you're looking to bring in a couple of players, is, is the defence, because I think we've got a, a substandard defence, just generally. You know, I think we've got, we've, we've got an average goalkeeper behind a championship defence, and all the good work that was done in the midfield and the final third gets undone by that. So mm. I would, if we can continue to improve and show that shape and that sort of thing, and then we can go in and bring in a really commanding centre off from somewhere. Um, you know, at least he's, you know, the other thing that's changed, we were, we, and I was calling him stubborn and arrogant and all those kind of things earlier in the season. He, he bit the bullet on Charlie Taylor as well. We started off the season pretending he didn't exist. And now he's just he's just being Charlie Taylor, isn't he? He's not he's not doing anything, uh, not doing anything special. He's not the answer or anything, but he's been perfectly reasonable. And it looks it's baffling why we started the season pretending we didn't have him at the club, but that's been learnt at least. So I mean, I still go back to you know my position on company from a few weeks ago that he, he does need some help. I think I think he could really do with somebody coming in. Uh, alongside him to challenge him, as Greavesy was saying, an, an older head, somebody who could look at it yesterday and say, are you sure you want a tired Josh Brownwell to be your, your main player on the right flank, you know, when you've got other players? So I, I, I agree, though, with Justin. It is getting better. It is it is improving. Um, but I think probably the most likely thing is we look back on this season as one that maybe we've continued to improve, but we say, I wish we'd not made quite so many changes at the start. I don't know, Woody, are you seeing this improvement or, or, or are we just kidding ourselves? No, no, it's, it's, it's there. <clears throat> everybody's everybody's right about that. It's no mean coincidence that we haven't changed the, the side for three games and that's where we've seen it. We've seen those improvements that we were, you know, crying out for. But ironically, yesterday, it seemed to be that we were just miss, missing out on... Uh, uh, Ashley Barnes is shithousing for the last 10 where he started flailing around in the you know centre circle picking up free kicks. We just need a little bit more nows, a little bit more old heading, you know, like you say, folks at the back who can like, you know, who is that commanding centre off. It's just that fine tweaking and tuning. If we can do that, then yes, we might not necessarily go in and storm the charts, but I think, you know, I, I think there's been a lot of the past three weeks that have been uh, extremely, extremely impressive, apart from the results, obviously. Yeah, no, I agree with that, Woody. I agree with that completely. Um, Chris, you've been full of strong opinions today. Why don't you Why don't you finish us off with uh, a little look <laughs> ahead to, what, to Sheffield United and what we can expect uh, coming up next week? Yeah. Well, I, see, I, see, I do agree. Performances have improved. In you know those three games, but by the same token, we've scored twice in those three games and conceded seven. You know, one of them's a deflected goal at Arsenal, and one of them's a penalty kick. So it's yeah, it's much much to be put right. Sheffield United are in a similar, so you know, similar scenario. I mean, their their fans are uh, you know absolutely distraught after the uh, the results against Bournemouth, and it's it really is. Uh, 
you know, I, I, I rarely can two Premier League sides in such appalling form have met. But uh, it, <laughs> it remains, it, it remains the case. Classic. <laughs> but you go, you look at, you, it remains. I mean, Everton, we all expect will get out, get out of trouble. Bournemouth, obviously, won won yesterday, but within touching distance. Sheffield United, uh, Nottingham Forest are slipping down the table without a way in me for uh, a few weeks. Uh, Fulham are starting to slide. You know, Burnley play Fulham, you know, just before Christmas. They've got Sheffield United. They simply have to do themselves some favours now. No, no excuses, no mistakes. They have to beat Sheffield United. How many, how many points did we think we need before Liverpool to really sort of start thinking? Well, you know, we're we're still in there. You should have another seven or so, you'd hope, wouldn't you? Yeah, two wins and a draw. Yeah, yeah, I think it's, so. I think that you know, so we we we've all thought it would be three from four, and and yeah. I, I say I I I think uh, certainly for you know Forest Forest and uh, and Fulham are showing signs of uh, being vulnerable. They may well get drawn into that pack. Everton have got walloped today, aren't they, by Manchester United? So uh, they're still in it. Remains to be seen if their appeal successful, but uh, it's it it's tantalising. That's the annoying thing that you know we if had they held on yesterday. Gives yourself such a shot in the arm, doesn't it? But... Yeah, I think it's only, it's only and... one win, though. It's only one win. It is. Only that one. Yeah. I think the way things are going, Burnley and Sheffield United will both lose next weekend. Conspired <laughs> in every possible way to lose football matches. I, I think there'll be, I don't know, a spaceship land on the uh, the pitch at half time with a non club shop accredited flag, and we'll, we'll get we'll both lose. Again. <laughs> yeah, I think I think uh, I think NBC are going to be on the phone to uh, Woody and Boards to promote that game for uh, their global coverage <laughs> of the Premier League. It's Sheffield United. It's Burnley. It's the battle of the two shittest teams in the Premier League. <laughs> <laughs> right, we'll wrap that up there. We'll get more into Sheffield United next time when we're back. Uh, in the meantime, thanks for listening to us and uh, do follow us on social media. Do give us a rating up. Uh, the Clarets and uh, all the best. Cheers.